Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Today we're talking to dads and specifically how dads can use their words uh, to breathe life into their kids. And so if you're a dad today, we hope that this is encouraging for you as you're fathering your kids. And if you're not a dad, if you're a mother, if you're um, unmarried, if you are in a different stage of life other than a father, then we pray that this conversation is still helpful for you as you're just considering how to use your words in the lives of the people around you. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation. All right, today we got one for the dads. This is uh, for all the papas out there. Yeah, are you guys yeah. expecting? <laughs> I did just to set the record straight. I did not pick this one because it relates to my situation in life. Copy. Just, just because you you wrote it, you know, to the best of your knowledge. Uh, yeah, currently, yep. Anyways, we're talking about your article, Dad's Mouth Using Words Well. Um, Nate, did you? pull this excerpt is this like an excerpt from your dear new dad book or is this an article you wrote just no yeah it's one of the first articles that i wrote for nateholdridge.com yeah two years ago when i sensed the lord asking me to commit a couple years of um you know not full time for two years but yeah yeah part of my weekly work rhythm commit two years to writing um this was one of the first little articles that I came up with That's so on rad. a couple of verses from First Thessalonians two eleven and twelve. Yeah, it's a real. I mean, for mm. me, like it's a real passion point to talk yeah. about fathering, parenting. You know, being a good man and mm. husband and dad. Absolutely. And, um, so a lot of times I feel like I wish I had talked about it more mm. than I do because it's a real big part of my life. My view of the world oh and yeah 100%. the way things could work you mm-hmm. know stuff like that and uh, so thanks for choosing it as oh yeah to talk about yeah that's fun i didn't realize that it was like back from the archive but i'm glad we're putting some legs on it yeah yeah we reposted it while yeah. i was out uh this summer for a little while and um you know you probably saw it as a result of that yeah this is a rad article man i mean um I did see it. You pulled from First Thessalonians chapter two. Maybe to get this started, you can kind of talk to us about uh, what Paul was saying in that passage, how this relates to yeah issues with dads. I, I've always uh, it's it's a unique to me like angle on fathering to look yeah. at the way the apostles talked about fathering the churches. It's always been super interesting to yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. they just they really you know I mean Paul. As best we know, he didn't have any children. He may mm-hmm. have been married previously, and she may have left him when he became a believer or died, or perhaps he'd never been married. But during his apostolic ministry, he was a single man. Right. But he just didn't see himself as a non-father because he was a single guy without biological children. He mm-hmm. thought, saw himself as a dad for people in the church. And he said in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 11 and 12, he said, For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom 
and glory. So in, in just a little sentence, I mean, really what he's saying is, Thessalonians, you guys remember what I was like when I was with you. Mm-hmm. Me and my, my crew, we were like dads who were taking you up to our side, encouraging, charging you to walk in a manner worthy of mm-hmm. God. Like that's what we were doing just like dads do. Yeah. So when he says that, it's like a little way of thinking or seeing, oh, that's how Apostle Paul thinks that dads should be. You know, because yeah. that's that was how he thought of it. Like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was in Thessalonica. I was exhorting you. I was encouraging you. I was using my words to build you up, to spur you on. Oh, yeah, that's what dads do. I was like a dad to you yeah. when I was doing all those things. So it's just fun to think about each one of those words and try to apply them to what it means to be a father today. Absolutely. And it, it just kind of like for me, like big picture, it highlights it's not the only part of being a father. I mean, obviously there's provision, protection, uh, guidance, uh, love, togetherness, you know, friendship, you know, there's a lot of different things to being a father, but you just can't be a good father without your words. Yeah. You just can't be a good father without your words. And these are all really word based things. We exhorted, mm-hmm. encouraged, charged there. They all have to do with the, with the mouth and uh, speaking. So that's why I titled the article Dad's Mouth, using yeah. words well. That's so cool. I, I was thinking about this, and I, I'm curious to hear what you think about it. You know, Paul is talking about using your words like you just mentioned. I was kind of curious if you had any thoughts about why he may be related to the church as a father rather than maybe like a CEO to a company or any other kind of like authority figure to a body of people. Do you have any insight into that? Yeah. Why is I it mean, important you talk like a father? Yeah. I mean, in, in that little verse that, or verses that I read, I mean, he's not even there saying, uh, I was a father. He's saying I was like a father. And a few verses after that, he talks about something else where he says like a mother. So hmm. he, he was just drawing from these you know, relationships throughout everyday life that he thought, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like that, that's how I did it, you know, and then like a nursing mother, you know, who was just gently like feeding her children. I was like that with you as well, you know, so it's not that he wouldn't have seen maybe times where he thought, yeah, I was like a military leader, for instance, you know, with the church, although as I'm scanning different things that he wrote in my mind and having a hard time coming up with an example of that, but it wasn't so much that he was opposed to those other roles or anything like that, but it was just for him. He thought in a sense, what he, what's happening in first Thessalonians two is that some of them are starting to question like, Mm. are we, we're, are we really on Paul's team? How do we really feel about him? So he's trying to remind them. I was like a dad, like a mom. I was caring for you. I really laid myself out for you. So I, Mm. I think that was probably part of the reason why he talked about it to them. So, but I mean, on the other hand, why did he hold out that, that role? Well, because that's how he felt about how he had operated with that's them. That's cool. He had been that way. Yeah. I love that. I think it's a really special and, know, and kind of I component think maybe, of his ministry. Maybe, I mean, just this came into my mind. Maybe part of the reason why it came into his mind to, to recall that he had been like that with them is because he was not in Thessalonica for very long, hmm. but they became a very established church rather quickly. They learned a lot from Paul in a mm. short period of time. So it's like he went on like word 
overdrive <laughs> for the Thessalonians because persecution yeah. was breathing down his neck. Yeah. And he had a very short, uh, quick expiration date for the time that he could spend there. So it's like, okay, I'm going to call you to my side. I'm going to exhort you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to use my words as much as I can with you before I go. I mean, any father could imagine what this might be like if say you had like a 15 year old child mm -hmm. and then you went to the doctor and heard, you know, you have six months to live dad. Like you would start opening up your mouth yeah. to that child like crazy. I'd be writing like, if I got that from my doctor, my kids would have like a trilogy of books that I wrote for them about their lives and where mm -hmm. they're going and stuff like that. You're just wanting to get, get that information out yeah. to them. So perhaps that's part of the reason why he took that tactic that. Yeah. with them was, man, our time is limited. I got pour out. Yeah. It's yeah, so good. One of the, the words that you used here that's actually talked about in the passage is exhortation. So you observed that Paul exhorted the church with his words um, and kind of related like how fathers can do the same for their children. Um, and I love the way you said it in your article. You said, our children need gentle urging. Can you talk about what this gentle urging and exhortation looked like from Paul to the church and how this applies or how it can apply to a father in a home. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, the analogy I use in the article that I love talking to guys about is the, because um, there is with that word exhortation, there is a uh, real familial relational dynamic to it where it's not just didactic or you sit there I'm going to tell you what's up kind of exhortation or like I'm going to yell at you right to exhort you I'm going to scare you to death to exhort you it's a calling up to your side and urging them on so it's like a yeah. tender before giving direction kind of concept so to me like that really speaks a lot to the attitude, the tone, the environment mm. from which exhortations can spring. Mm. So I like to tell fathers that, look, you are the tone setter of your family. Straight you yeah. set the, you know, temperature in the room, you know? So my kids talk about this all the time, you know, like, okay, dad, like when dad is grumpy, He's like this, you know, and this is how he is, you know, and we all know. And so we respond, they respond. Mm. So I want to work hard at creating a different kind of environment mm. for them where it feels safe. Uh, they feel, you know, not like I'm, you know, looking over their neck, over their uh, shoulder all the time. I'll tell you a funny story. I walked in the other day and my, uh, I had, talked recently with with my oldest daughter about um nothing bad that she was doing with her cell phone but it was just a little bit too much time yeah. on yeah, yeah. a couple of apps that she's into you know and so we just had like a conversation about it you know and and i knew that it, it wouldn't be a hostile kind of thing at all for her to talk with me about because i knew She's kind, she's kind of like me in some ways where it's like, oh, I know, like it's just too much time. Like I didn't, I didn't really want to do that, yeah. but it just kind of 
became habitual. So I kept going, you know, to this, to this app or whatever. So I talked with her about it, you know, just to, Hey, you know, I know that you don't want to do that. And I know that, you know, you're not wanting me to put like more restrictions on that or whatever. So let's work on that together, you know, kind of thing. So anyways, a couple of days pass and I walked in the room and she was on her phone on that app, you know, and she was like, Oh dad, <laughs> well, you kind of like freak me out. You know, I'm, I'm not, it seems like every time, like I pull, open my phone, like you come in, you know, and, and I'm not, I promise I'm not always on my phone. And I just wanted to like really have her have the right kind of like tone and environment. So mm. I just shared with her, I'm like, Hey babe, like that, I don't know why I'm being all mystical about this app. It's Pinterest. <laughs> she likes <laughs> Pinterest. I'm like, Pinterest for you, it's a fun thing. Yeah. It's not fun for me. You know, I know you're into Pinterest, Riley, but <laughs> I got so many boards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to talk about that later. I'm like, it's, it's, you know, it's fun for you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you have to have it in moderation, mm-hmm. like everything else, you know, that's good in life. There's pitfalls that you have to watch out for, for sure. But, part of the reason I got that device for you is so that you could enjoy stuff like that. So I don't want you to worry about that. I'm not Mm. thinking that way about you. Whenever I see you with your phone out, I'm not thinking like, Oh, kids these days (laughs) up on the Pinterest, you know, like I'm not thinking that way. Yeah. It's just, I noticed over time that accumulatively it was just getting to be, I think even more than you want it to be and definitely more Mm. than I want it to be. So I just want to help you dial that back you know but by all means have fun you know Mm. like be safe be safe be smart be wise but also like enjoy your friends there go discover the things you like you know to to look at and stuff like that you know so you want to set the right tone you know and then from there you can exhort i love that man that's so good so good um we can keep moving along you talk then about how Paul encouraged the church um, and how fathers can be a great source of encouragement for their children. Uh, You even go so far as to say that the encouragement from a father can make their children become addicted to them. I just like that kind of idea. Can you talk about the role that Paul took on as an encourager to the church and how fathers can kind of take cues from Paul to encourage their children? Yeah, so that word encouragement means to console or comfort or cheer up. Mm. And First Thessalonians is actually Paul's attempt at doing that yeah, because the they, you know, they were under persecution and and you know, as much as they had gotten a great start in their Christianity and their gospel had sounded forth into all of really Greece as a result of that church, uh, they were having a hard time. So Paul wrote his letter to try to console them, comfort them, Mm. cheer them up. But he'd done that when he was with them in person as well. And, you know, kind of the thought in my mind was just this to me is interesting that Paul attached that concept to the dad role. Yeah. Because Mm. I think at least for me, I naturally would think of like the encourager as the mom, Hmm. you know, the mother is the encouraging one. And I don't, Paul is not saying that moms shouldn't be encouraging or comforting or anything like that. But to think of a father like that, 
you know, that, that there would be a consoling, comforting, uh, kind of flow that comes Mm. from, from a father's life. I I think to me, that's really powerful. You know, men, a lot of times are into trying to fix problems and, uh, being the expert, you know, Mm -hmm. well, here's what you need to do, you know, kind of thing. And, but men who fathers who are able to kind of pull back and just say, you know, Mm. um, let me listen to you. Let me sympathize with you. Let me hear what's difficult right now. Um, let me absorb your tears or your frustrations Mm. and just kind of be a sounding board for that. Let me bring that kind of consolation or that kind of comfort into your life. I think it's powerful. That's powerful. I I think, you know, you're not, you're not losing any of your masculinity or, um, your maleness by, by taking that kind of role. So, I mean, you know, I have three daughters, you know, Mm -hmm. so, uh, they are not boys and they don't act like boys, operate Mm -hmm. like boys, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and there's a lot that they think about and that worries them and bothers them. And there's, you know, emotions and tears, just like there's emotions and tears with boys, but just manifest in a different kind of way. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I want to be there to encourage them, mm-hmm. you know, to, to really, um, well, I definitely don't want to discourage them. Yeah. You know, this is, sure. this is what Paul talked about in, a, in Ephesians and in Colossians, you know, you don't want to, to exasperate your children through discouragement, mm-hmm. but you want to encourage them. You want them to walk away from you feeling like they can, they can do it. Yeah, they could do it. Like I yeah. could do it. Like Dad just encouraged me. You know, he he empathized with me a little bit. He didn't just like hear me about some failure and squish me. He hmm. built me up. He told me what he sees in me, what he thinks I could do, what I could be. He was patient with me about that failure. Hmm. You know, it takes a lot, but to to be that encouraging, you know, kind of man, but. I love that one though. Me too, yeah. man. You still set the tone. You can still be exhortive, but you can also be super encouraging and empathize. I, mm-hmm. I love, I love that. You close out the article with the word about um, how Paul testified and charged the church, um, and how a, a father's testimony or charge to his children is just super Im- important. Um, can you tell us about how char- how Paul charged the church and how fathers can do the same for their children, how they can testify and yeah. everything? You like what the what does that even mean, really? To charge like, them? Yeah, charge and to testify. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a word that does, like you've been saying, indicate testify. So when I so when I think about that with fathering, I think there's a temptation that dads have to pontificate. Mm-hmm and mm. charge where it is slightly hypocritical because mm. maybe they haven't done what they're charging their child to do. Right. So to testify to me has this current within it of uh, personal experience mm. where you're sharing with your child about 
yeah, you're fa- you failed right there. I can relate to that. Yeah. You know, you are confused right now. I can relate to that. You are feeling overwhelmed. I can relate to that. And all these different things where you say, and here's how God helped me yeah. through all that. It's less of a like, hey, just sit down. I'm going to teach you the Bible right now. Or I'm going to give you my, you know, 10 like dad philosophies, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But let me testify, you know, rather than mm-hmm. telling you that, hey, you know, in our house, we believe that the Bible teaches that we're going to, you know, be generous and at least tithe. So that's what we're doing, you know, kind of thing. And that's what you should do in your life as well. Testify, like talk mm-hmm. to them about ways that God has provided for you, the way that you've yeah. seen the Lord miraculously use that open handedness for his purposes, for his glory. Talk to them about his provision on your life. Talk to them about how um, he's used that money for his kingdom and what you're mm. excited about, you know? Like, talk to him. Like, I, I like talking to my kids about, you know, with that subject, like, you know, the, the lights are on at the church and the appropriate people are able to give their full-time employment and life right. to that particular work. Um, missionaries are supported. We're able to help people in times mm. of need, support really cool ministries. These are things that we're able to do. So you're like testifying, you Love know, that. or when they're stressed out and overwhelmed, it's like, you know, talk about the way that the Lord has helped you through some pretty tumultuous times in your life. Um, you know, for me now, being a middle aged man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being 40 years old, you know, it, my children, it's just like, they cannot fathom hmm. me being 15. Right. You know, they yeah. just can't, you know, we were over at my high school, Pacific Grove high school breakers, go breakers, <laughs> uh, last week together as a family, you know, and just like talking to them, this is where I went to school. It hasn't changed much, you know, in 20 years before I went to high school you know this is where i hung out you know stuff like that it's just tough for them to imagine that they see someone that's like more fully formed right you know but it's like hey you might think that i have like self-discipline but i wasn't always 40 i was 14 one time right and it didn't look like this for me and here's what i had to learn what i had to go through so to talk to your kids about your failures Mm. to ask them for forgiveness to talk to them about the way the lord's been gracious and merciful to you to talk to them about areas that you obeyed and Mm -hmm. that god blessed and did some cool stuff to to charge with that charge that's mixed with testimony yeah i think is really powerful it's not that you can't teach your kids things in life that you never did or that you know, you were disobedient in or something like that. You know, you need to teach them the truth. You need to give them the wisdom of God's word, but there's just a power attached to it when you're able to testify about, Hey, here's how it like has worked or how, or how I failed, you know, in different areas, but God was gracious, merciful to me. I think that's just beautiful. You know, I've just noticed with my kids, anytime I start talking about, um, you know, really opening myself up, being more human to them. Mm-hmm. They just really love that. You know, oh, they yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. 
so cool. Just the power of those words, man. I love it. Um, Nate, just to wrap this up, you have any other words for <laughs> any exhortive words for, for dads out there? How, how can they use their words? Well, is there just bringing up their kids? Yeah, I think that it is really overwhelming for parents these days yeah, because yeah. there are millions of voices that your children can listen to. And quite often in the society that we're living in, those voices are completely contradictory to the gospel, for sure. to scripture, you know, and so it can feel very overwhelming. You know, you, you put your kids in a school system, for instance, and it can really just feel like there's this whole tidal wave of pressure that is trying to conform them to that age, to that mm. spirit, to that wisdom of the age. And it's, you know, it's hard to even imagine a child able to stand against all that, you know, yeah. all that pressure. And it's easy for a father to feel like, who am I mm. in the face of all of that? You know, it just feels incredible. It feels overwhelming. But I know I've said this before, probably even on this podcast, but there is something about a father's voice that God has endued with hmm. power yeah. from heaven where, I mean, this isn't hard to imagine. We all know people who we would might even ask the question, like, how did they do it? Hmm. And then you look at their lives and you realize, wow, they, they like had this father in their life that was there mm -hmm. speaking into their lives, encouraging them, building them up. They listened. And that singular voice broke through mm. all the millions of other voices that were there. Unfortunately, through general sin in the planet and through specific sin and, and you know, individual families, a lot of children don't have a father mm -hmm. that has a voice or, or they don't have a father who's around. And a lot of women, a lot of times are left to try to pick up that mm -hmm. slack to be the fatherly voice and the motherly voice. But there's a couple remedies for that. You know, one is just asking the spirit to help give that mm -hmm. fatherly word, even through a mother. The other is that to pray and ask that God, the father would get a hold mm. of the hearts of your children and really through, you know, different means, give that fatherly voice to them. And oftentimes that fatherly voice will be found within the context of the local church, Amen. you know, so there will be yep. other men never able to really replace a dad but to speak in that fatherly kind of way to mm -hmm. your children and asking God, the father to speak through different members of the body of Christ to your children as the years go by uh, would be real helpful. But, but be, I guess my closing word, which is getting really long right now is just to believe in the power that God has given to you with your words for your children. If you'd like any more content from Pastor Nate, you can always find more resources at nateholdridge.com or calvary.com. And if you'd like to stay in touch just with what Pastor Nate is speaking about and writing about on a regular basis, you can go to nateholdridge.com and sign up for his newsletter there. Also, 
be on the lookout for Pastor Nate's new book called Let Us Hear. It's coming out soon, and you can pre-order it today online. Thanks again for joining us today in this conversation, and until next time, God bless you.